Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast. In this episode, we're discussing The Gifted School by Bruce Holsinger. I'm Meredith. I'm Susan. And I'm Tara. Hi, ladies, and happy fifth birthday to the podcast. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. That's it's pretty incredible, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's I I can't believe it's been five years. That's a long time, you guys. It is a long time, especially, uh, you know, like the day and age, anything for more than a year is like a long time. <laughs> yeah, True. it is. So thanks, all you listeners, for sticking with us. Or if you're new, welcome. Yay! <laughs> uh, Pride Month is ending since we are now at the end of June, but it doesn't mean the conversation has to stop. A couple weeks ago, we discussed Pride Reads and queer representation in books and other media. So take a listen and tell us about your favorite Pride-related books. All right, now let's see if we would get accepted into the gifted school. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) Just putting it out there. So, (laughs) Um, Well, let me go ahead and start with a summary. Uh, Crystal Academy is a school for highly gifted children that is being built in Crystal, Colorado. It centers around a group of four women and their families. Each family has their own way of raising their children, and they all want their children to be accepted. We see them go through all sorts of hoops and secrecy to ensure their child's acceptance. Um, Along with Atik and his family going through the process as a family, um, but not as privileged as the rest. So we get kind of a bunch of different perspectives in Mm -hmm. this book. Um, So... What did you know going into this book? <sighs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew I knew nothing, but I will say this. It was billed to me more as a comedy than it was. Yep. Mm. I thought this was going to be a lighter romp. And not that this is a heavy read by any means, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not as funny as I was hoping it was going to be. Yeah, definitely not like slapstick getting into, you know, funny kerfuffles. Shenanigans! There we go, that's the word, shenanigans. I wanted more shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, this was a pick from a different uh, person in our club. So, yeah, I I don't know if any of us had heard of it before that. I don't know. It's it's a new book, so. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was a little more real to life than mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. And and I think for the teachers, because we do have like three teachers mm-hmm. in the real life book club, in, in, the, in the Eclectic Creators book club. Um, and I think for the teachers, this was funnier for other reasons. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that they got a wreck from another teacher who's like, yeah, this is great. Because they, <laughs> you know, they know all of these parents from their lives. Yeah, that is true. They did say that the whole mm-hmm. time. They're like, oh, no, these are real right. parents that we have dealt with. Yeah. Which is frightening. These are real people. I mean, it's frightening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so what was one thing that stood out to you, to you in this book while once you started getting into it and really knowing what it's about? Well, let me just say, what a time to read a book about blatant white privilege. <laughs> what a time. Yeah. Yep. Um, Very, very early on into me reading this book, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) maybe, maybe I would have, maybe this book totally would have been, I I 
I mean, maybe this book would have been one thing to me like literally a month ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, okay, just, it's a slice of life book. It's a slice of life book, which just isn't to be like 100% honest. The slice of slice of life books aren't my thing in general. Yeah. Um, like, like, I don't know. I I read books for escapism. I like thrillers. I like mysteries. Give me a fantasy. Give me a sci-fi. Uh, these types of books, it's it's harder for me to get into to begin with. But that being said, I thought the writing was great. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought like for this type of book, um, I thought the writing was really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Definitely more of a genre reading person. I think no surprise there. Uh, <laughs> but... I, well, okay, once I got through the first couple of chapters and I figured out who the heck all these characters were, because that was a little <laughs> difficult. I think, did we all listen to the audiobook? Uh, yes. I like think the three, the three of, us? of us did, yeah. Yeah, yeah us three? Yep. Yeah, so it was a lot of characters to keep straight, which might have been easier if I had been reading mm-hmm. like a, a Kindle or a hard copy. But once I got into it, I got through this audiobook in like a couple of days. Oh, yeah. Like, no, it, I, it, you know, I like, yeah. rushed through this. Right. I wanted to know what was happening. Like it definitely kept you engaged, yep. even mm-hmm. if maybe you didn't really like the characters. Because <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to like yeah. the characters. So I think it's yes. fine that yep. I was like, oh, my God, these people, because I think you're supposed to feel that way yeah. about them. Yep. It's like, what's going to happen to them next? Oh, God. oh man, they didn't do this thing. Oh, he got do- caught doing this thing. It's like now I need to know how they're going to get in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> so much drama. But I, I have to say, I also was thinking about you a lot, Susan, because you know, it's, it's based in the area of Colorado you oh, live, right? God. At least the general area. Yeah. Um, so I think one of, I think it was the one who picked the book, Christina, who, uh, who did the research, but said like it's supposed to be based on Boulder, which I can totally mm-hmm. see. Um, <laughs> and I live in a town that is very wealthy. Um. It's, I can, I mean, my kids, my kids, six, six and a half oldest. And it's like, oh, uh, I have to go through this in a few years. I hope not. <laughs> right. Is this what you have to look forward to? <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Like, I just said, you're going to the public school down the street. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, not dealing with all of this. I, Listen, I'm going to get you a bike. You're going to ride there. It's going to be great. Yeah. Cause I, dreaded like i was like oh i have to look into schools and see if they like it and i have to go to a magnet school a montessori school to see if which one's good for my kid and the cat and i like you know what all my neighbors send their kid to the closest public school to us they all love it all the kids love it so i'm like that is enough for me I don't yeah. I like that is literally enough for me. That's all I needed to know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, there are great there are great public schools. You don't need sure. to bend over backwards just to right. Like these parents are just to get your kid oh, into like gosh. the super fancy crazy <laughs> fancy school. And that's like which is a conversation they have, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of them are like, "Well, they already go to a good school or they're already in a gifted program at the school." Like why? like you're going to go from a gifted school to the more gifted school. Like right. You think they would take the time like, let's let's dig in deeper, ladies. Like, why are we doing this? They're already in a very good school for what they need. 
why are we why why are we having them go well, into this? Like nobody ever said why. They just said they need to get into the school. I mean, no, it's competition. It's this like need yeah. to prove that your kid is extraordinary. And I think it's it's so funny because in the very beginning, if you remember, they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they know the second this gets the second this gets mm-hmm. airtime, right? The second this gets out, it's going to be the thing they talk about. So the, every parent is like, who knows, is holding it to their chest. Well, because every it's more competition that too, know, right? Yeah, exactly. Because like, oh, if they don't know somehow magically, maybe that means my kid has a better shot. Mm-hmm. Listen, every kid's getting tested, so they're going to find out. But they didn't know that at the time. Yeah. So. Um, I think it was Samantha. I, it feels like she was the one who knew first and she told nobody. Yeah, because right, it, it was her Kevin? husband's on the city council, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't you tell us? Well, because I well, maybe it was anybody. like, you know. <laughs> Government secrets, Maybe. also competition. It's not official yeah. yet or whatever. Right. But I mean, that's totally it. They they all wanted to be able to say that their kid was the smartest of the bunch and the, the specialist of all. And yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a parent, so it's <laughs> it's a little like I, I understand it. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, I'm like, come on. Guys. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Like, this is your child. Like, you are raising this child. You invest so much time and energy and money into raising this person. And I, what I, you know, me, myself, like, I want them to grow up to be a good person. I don't care if they have, like, an IQ of Einstein. Like, I want them to be good people, right? Um, but these people have other priorities and getting into gifted school. and. I think that's what's frustrating is like they have no end game. Like, why are you you're just doing this for competition? Like, what are your real interests of your child? Like, what direction are you taking them into? Well, I mean, to be fair, they're probably thinking because these well, other than Tessa, these are all like going into middle school age. I guess they're like 11, 12. But so they probably are thinking, well, if we get them in now, then they can go there through high school. Then that'll definitely set them up for a great college and then they can get really good jobs. So, like, I think they are kind of. Yeah. thinking the long yeah, game but there's so many directions and depending on what they're interested in so let's well, emma q is like super into equestrian would this school have helped her with her equestrian skills or would she have needed to go to a different school that's not i will gifting, i will gifting. i will say this <laughs> the hobbies of your 11 year old are not necessarily oh, no. the things you want to base their life off no <laughs> Um, no, you have kids to be change sure. their hobbies all the time. You have to be <laughs> sure that that is something that they are completely interested in. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like my kids change their minds all the freaking time, and they, you exactly. know, they're like, well, I, why don't I have this thing? Because I'm not spending a ton of money for you to like, you know, play with for a couple months. Like one time, Emily was like, "Can I have a harp?" <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> She couldn't like. Well, maybe oh. they make smaller harps. They, d- they do. <laughs> they. I did research it. That and like cheap ones do cost like fifty bucks, but that's fifty bucks, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, I'm not uh, getting you a harp. You can pretend to play the harp. <laughs> well, and I think that's something that we'd also talked about in our real life discussion. Was like, so what exactly is this school going to? do? do right. with all of these interests because like they had to send in portfolios they had their what do they call it their spike like the one thing that made them cool mm-hmm. or unique or they were really good at but what is the school doing to then like help with that or is that it's just like, to show they're extra special 
One kid yeah. has a natural like affinity for origami, mm-hmm. and one kid like d- did a science experiment. How are these two kids? I just don't know. You know what it is? It's not that I don't agree with the idea that having a natural ability and a natural curiosity and showcasing that can help identify exceptional people. But like, man, it doesn't make sense. Like, does <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's so subjective. It's so painfully subjective. Yeah. Definitely. It just makes zero sense from a how do you get into a school perspective, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to, like, a casual observation perspective. It, it's why, like, no IQ tests are about that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Alex, my younger sister, when she took her IQ test, uh, I remember, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, when she took her IQ test, um, she was she was a y- young girl, I think like six or seven. Al was very interested in dance, and that actually, of we just talked about kids not maintaining hobbies. Alex was a dancer until she could no longer dance, and mm-hmm. she unfortunately had brain surgery when she was about 17. Um, but she uh, was a dancer her entire life, uh, very dedicated to it. Um, she did not take the test. Most of the time, she was like, I don't want to answer this. Can I show you how I can do a pirouette? Can I show you how I do a handstand? <laughs> she like literally couldn't focus on the test. Instead, was showing off like all of her skills. My, she's very performative. She's still very performative. That's my kids. Um, <laughs> but, you know... Uh, it, it, that doesn't make sense to me. Like you, you can't have like such a subjective yeah. view. And I mean, the the speech the principal even gives was not very informative. She just used a lot of like fancy words to capture right. the parents' like attention, attention. and interest. Yeah. And it's like, no. I just love how she's like, I'm so against this Northeastern, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you are the most Northeastern person I've ever read. <laughs> Which I think was also part of the point. You're supposed right. to be like, right, you yeah. know, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, man, this whole book is full of hypocrites. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the characters a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought they were interesting. I liked how the author tried to give, like, different personalities for the friends. They weren't just all the same kind of parent. Um, right. They all looked at the school in a different way. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Then uh, there was a lot, a lot of kids, a lot of adults. <laughs> was there someone or a family that you identified most with, had issues with? Like, which one was just like this family? Because I had a reaction for this reason. <laughs> uh, well, I mean... We only get two perspectives for the adults. Of all of the adults, we only get Rose and Beck, right? Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? Everyone else is like children, Kids. right? Children, yep. children or Tessa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we get to see a lot more of the inner workings of Rose and why she does the crazy things she does and how she feels about it afterwards and everything. So I think it can make her more relatable just because we saw more of her. Mm-hmm. I would like to think of, of the maybe... Maybe if I ever was a mother, uh, I'd be more like Azra, where I'm like, let's like not get so worked up over things, and you know, <laughs> kind of play the peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. But then I'd have to have an ex husband that was Beck, and uh, you know, <laughs> you don't want that for sure. Can you just be Azra without the Beck, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> he was awful, like yeah, yeah, awful, awful person. How about you? I mean, well, 
I don't think he was a bad person, but you know, I don't know. He right, you're, you're, I forgot that was your that was your opinion. I remember yeah. your opinion. <laughs> um, I, it's Beck, man, I, I, it, Beck is an idiot. Yep, but I think Beck is a dangerous idiot. If that makes mm. sense. oh yeah, totally. Um, uh, I don't think he is a purposefully dangerous person. But yeah, I think his, that's what I mean. Like, he's not. Yeah, Go but ahead. I think when you're an adult with three children, mm-hmm. being being an accidental idiot is in some ways purposeful. Right? Like, mm. Well, you you had to make a choice somewhere. It's damaging. Um, it, it is. It's damaging yeah. to other people. It's damaging to the people around you. It's damaging to your kids. I mean, I think I agree with Meredith. You relate to Rosie most, one, because I'm a woman and she's the only woman adult perspective that you immediately get. Uh, But two, like, I don't know, Emma Q likes horses and is smart. (laughs) And, like, uh, there's a lot of things in there that I was like, I was a smart kid who liked horses. (laughs) I I get this (laughs) person. Um you know, and I also had a best friend when I was younger who was definitely more the Emma Z type who oh, yeah. wanted to be a queen bee, who was a, was kind of catty, kind of mean, uh, you know. So and I was definitely, I think, when I was that age, more of a follower of hers than I was my own person mm-hmm. at the time, which is, you know. The me now can't imagine that, but yeah. it's true for the me then. So I, you know, if I identified with any character, I think I identified with Emma Q. Sure, of any of them. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm, I'm kind of there with you. Let me have my snacks and read my books, and yeah, let know. me, let me have my snacks and let me read my books. I, I want to be friends with people if I can, and let me read, let me ride my horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, great. That sounds like a great life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think Beck is extremely irresponsible. And so, yep. yeah, I think that's where you go with him. Gosh, these kids, man. <laughs> like, I guess we we hope it seems like at the end he's the one that has, like, the best ending, at least the cleanest ending that, like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to make everything better now. I'm going to be a good dad from here on out. And, I mean, you hope that's true. Um, <laughs> I so dislike that. It's like... The one thing about this book I like actively dislike is Beck's ending. Yeah. And it, it it's just too clean for like this epic you know, just mess of a human being. Right. I mean, which is and like suddenly he cleans the house <laughs> once and he's gonna be a great dad and and his wife ends up being a numbers master and everything just works out for them. And yeah. it's it's just the one thing to me that is just like uh That's why I wanted a the book to be a little longer in the sense like I needed a six months later because yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard to be a parent and for him to just make it seem like he's got it under control. He's going to sit down, talk with the kids. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you will still have yeah, those I, moments where you're like, you regress. You just are like the person oh, yeah. you were and it takes time for you to change those habits. I oh, feel yeah. like if he had signed up for therapy or right. called a therapist or a life coach mm-hmm. or something like, and it didn't just look so easy. Right. You know, make, yep. I, I get the point of like him having the realization and him making the effort. Like, I think that's really great. I just think the effort and I, yeah, it's too clean. It looks too yeah. clean. Yep. Yeah. Like after, this entire book was messy. I think that the aftermath of 
recognizing that is also messy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. I mean, you see that with Rose, right? It's like, she's the one who stood out to me, not necessarily because I liked her. Um, I didn't. I thought to me, it's like, oh, that's definitely the kind of parent I don't want to be who like says all these things like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just looking out for my kid. Just want the best for her. I'm not sure how to help her. But then inside she has this opposite going right like she has to get in she does these really sneaky things to make it seem like she doesn't care but she really does you know right and it's like "Mm, that's definitely not great you know and then she gets to have a huge meltdown in front of a public and you know in front of um xander's board and it's yeah. like it was pretty epic. <laughs> I thought, and I thought that was very realistic. Right? I was like, she oh, needs yeah. that meltdown, right? Man. She yeah. needs that. She deserves that, <laughs> right? I was like, go Rose. Like, come on, this is this is ridiculous. And mm-hmm. you know, having it out that it just oh well that whole that whole subplot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a little much. Quite on. I'm like, I why enjoy. Did you put that what did there? she say about Sanders Project? She said, uh, you know, this isn't a science project. This is a bunch of you know store bought yeah. DNA tests. Yeah, like so it's not <laughs> accurate. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's the science thing is just like gaslighting for these for these you know mm-hmm. uh, d- DNA tests. Like, you don't need the the, the chest thing. It's just the thing that makes it. Like who who there with that consulting firm, assuming that they looked at everyone's stuff before they displayed it was like, you know what this, we should put this up. Oh my God. I know. What a great question. Right. Like the decision of the, uh, the board to put this up was someone should have called a parent. Someone should have called a parent. (laughs) Like, did did you know about this? Do you know what's on this? Personal. I mean, maybe they thought like, oh, the parent signed off on it. Like, I guess, you like know? everybody already knew this. And I, I think it was Lauren, right? Tessa and Xander's mom. Yeah, Lauren, right? Um, like I get it. Like, hey, my kid does their own thing. I don't have to supervise them. And it's like, well, maybe you should have supervised a little bit. You <laughs> right. know, like I definitely a, feel for Lauren. It's I, I know do. it's hard. Like it's a fine line, and she's doing it by herself. Um, yeah, and she's clearly stressed and right. sad and depressed. And I, I, I have a lot of right sympathy for her. But but then you don't brag like I can leave my kids alone. Like I can trust them so much. Like they are so you know. Like I just let them do their own. Also, thing. clearly you can't. <laughs> yeah, because both of them end up doing stupid things. Right, and, and it's yeah. like accidental, unknown. But if she just said like, hey. How are you doing? How are things going? Can I take a look at your project? It doesn't have to be super involved, you know? And yeah. that shows that change when Lauren and Tessa are on the couch asleep together, right? It's like, oh, I, know. I can't that just be there for my kids around. I have to like talk to them, you know, mm-hmm. actually be present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and she had had such an adversarial relationship mm-hmm. up to that with her daughter, or, or right. at least since what the past right. couple of years mm-hmm. with the drug use and you yeah. know the rebellion and and all of that. Mm-hmm. So again, like you hope that they're going to work through it and like the school could be really good for Tessa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe it'll give her some more structure. I I really enjoyed her like fashion design stuff and she, she was the most relatable like she was the most real character to me. Yeah. Not relatable mm-hmm. maybe, but real. Um like her mistakes seemed 
reasonable within the mistakes of like what a teenager would do. Um, you know, I, and I think she felt gen, I think the difference between her and the rest of the characters is when she felt genuine remorse Mm -hmm. for the things she did wrong. And I could read that very clearly on the page. Like when, Oh, the, the fashion designer mom's name is, or the the mom uh, who owns the store, Ozra. Uh, Ozra, right? Yeah, Ozra. Yeah, yeah. When when Ozra confronts Tessa about what had happened, she's like, "Are you mad at me?" And she realizes, like, I've done a thing, like, mm-hmm. and like you can see it, like I have done a thing, and this thing can have real world consequences. And for her, it really can. Mm-hmm. And she and, and it's it's like that moment. I don't think any other parent quite has that any other person quite has a moment as clean as that moment is for Tessa. Yeah. But like, come on, what, (laughs) what were you thinking? Like, you know, going to everybody's personal business and making YouTube videos. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I mean, I mean, I guess teenagers, that's a kid thing. I mean, even teenagers, it's just the overall kid thing. I mean, like, you know, my, my kids are way younger than, Tessa's age and I'm th- I'm like what are you thinking like can you please think before you do this thing like th- yeah, think- teenagers just- don't realize that things have permanence right yeah. there's yeah. Th- that's actually like there's a biology there oh yeah like, for there, sure there's a biology there where like e- they don't recognize the permanence of their decisions yet mm-hmm. um and yeah. and it that takes learning it does you know? like they're invincible and you know everything yeah be okay i did i I was confused by the end where like you know because she's like she's so surprised that this all her videos are going viral because she's like oh but it was only for the people in my group Mm -hmm. or you know i thought it was private but at the beginning she's always bummed that it only got like four views or seven views like she was always like there's so few views like how many people did you think could view it i was i was conflicted about that too so when is like, oh, she's like trying to like make get a presence on YouTube. Right. And, that's what it seems like. And then at oh, the I end, she was like I didn't get that impression. Oh, yeah. That's like, why yeah. would you mention the views? But and then I thought, because later on at the end, she's like, Oh, I thought it was private. It was supposed to only be six people. And it's like, um, what? <laughs> See, yeah. I I think that's the thing she was counting. And I think that's what I always thought she was counting was oh only four of you liked it but this is only for you losers but like mm-hmm. i was like i don't know how big this group is um, i think she once six. it started getting to like 40 yeah. 50 you know like once it and she was like this there. is a problem yeah because people aren't just re-watching it at that point yeah there are other people watching at that point but i don't know i never got that impression posting. yeah <laughs> it didn't yeah so, so maybe didn't. i was thinking like you tara i was like oh maybe it's the the viewer count matters only because it's like she's realizing that it's going up exponentially for some reason. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that that was my thought, but I mean, yeah, I I, I can see either way. But yep. like, of course, like a teenager is like, oh, you know, only four views, but like whatever, it's just for you losers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. She was always clearly speaking to a specific audience, so yeah. I was under yeah. the assumption that was always the audience, right? Um, so let's talk about Atik for a second because his mom was their maid. Um, mm-hmm, right. And, well, I think Samantha and Rose's maid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at the the pub town hall meeting for the school, 
he's like brought up to the stage. <laughs> um, it was such tokenism. It was so painful. Yeah, and that's it's the meant thing. to it's be. Like, but it his, was his <laughs> mom was like okay with it, and but his grandmother was like they were using you. Yeah, you know. And it's like, why was his mom okay with it? Like, I can see why his grandmother's like, they're just using you to, like, make themselves look good. Separation, right? Because you still have pride in your kid. Your kid is being brought up and shown as special. Yeah, yeah. And and you have a certain amount of pride in that. But, like, the grandmother can, like, has enough, I think, distance and probably mm. wisdom to be like, yeah, no. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't I want my kid had- to be singled out like that i mean yeah. if my if i got brought up on st- granted like you know i it wouldn't be for i wouldn't have this experience because just I, I wouldn't but um, right, like we can't really yeah I, can't, I, I don't understand this experience because you know just don't um but if i had been brought up on stage even if it was be to be used to make a point of some kind but it was to the point was being made by showing how exceptional i was in something my mother probably would be like, honestly, like, oh my god, I'm so proud of you. You got brought up on stage. Like, mm. uh. even yeah. if I was being used as a tool. Yeah. Because you're um, still being shown as, I guess. Yeah, I'm still smart being like shown off. Accomplished. Or, um, no. I, listen, I, I, I get I get your thing, but I, th- <laughs> I think, like, again, I think wisdom of age, I think also wisdom of understanding the world better. Mm-hmm. I think as you as you get you know i think we're all growing and learning and listening and doing all that work every day um but you know i think you have more distance from you know your kid's not your kid the kid's your grandkid you still feel pride but you also have a lot more i think just perspective right yeah i honestly i was a little confused by just how the grandmother felt about most everything like, it seemed like, she, what did she really want for Atik? Because, you know, his his mom was in, was like, this would be a great opportunity for him. It's a much better school. And I know, like, the logistics of it would be difficult. But her the grandmother was so against it. And, and I mean, maybe it's a stereotype for me to think this. But, like, I feel like a lot of immigrants come over because they want a better life for their kids. They come here for, like, better education or better opportunities. So like, so you don't want him to leave the area you live in. You don't want him to go to a better school, but you don't want him to clean houses with you either. So like what? I I don't know. I wasn't really sure. I think she was against. I think what she was mostly against was the concept of what this school was. I think because even after the test, you know, she was so proud when she picked him up and he was like, yeah, I did great. She's like, I knew, I knew he was going to get in at that point. You know, I think that for her though, it's the, I think she, I'm making a lot of assumptions here because unfortunately we don't get a ton of information from these guys. Right. Um, I, I think they're mostly set up as a foil to play against the four white families that we're being sure. presented with as our main characters. And I think they're there to serve a purpose and less to be fully fleshed out. Unfortunately, yeah. I yeah. wish we got a little bit more of them, but if I had to make a, just a ton of assumptions and that's what <laughs> I'm about to do here, I would say that, um, I would say that the grandmother's much more world aware than the mom. 
and is much more world aware of, you know, the challenges Atik is going to be presented with going to a school like that and even competing to get into a school like that in comparison to like these very wealthy white kids. And I think she's just, she didn't want to get his hopes up in case, you know, even though he's very smart and very intelligent, um, he was looked over because of who he is. If I had to make a guess, I would say that the grandmother's just world wary and Mm -hmm. just, you know, concerned about, about that. And that it's not that she doesn't want more for her grandson or that she doesn't think that he is capable. It's more that she is very, um, she, she's very tentative about the world allowing him in, I would mm. say. And that is yeah. a worry. I mean, in every kind of minority and minority culture is that worry. It's like, oh, you're going to struggle so much. Why are you continuing to do this? Like, I don't want you to struggle so hard that it'd be like very disadvantageous, disadvantageous of you um, to do that. She's, you know, that's why she's like, oh, it's going to be so much work to take him to the school all these other kids have, you know, fancy cars drivers. Yeah, and drivers to take yeah. them to school while their parents go to work. Um, so I think she had genuine concern. Um, one thing I want to point out, I don't I don't think this is the vibe I got for her, but it is certainly a thing um, where. The the first generation immigrant is always concerned about the next generation losing their culture. Um, oh, sure. Mm. So it's like, yes, be successful, but you have to stay here to do it. So like for me personally, like we always move to places that were very Korean dominant. So like it's easier for my parents to manage and there's a community that knows their culture. And we had a big fight when I was like, no, I'm going to Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's like you need to stay here and go to Rutgers. Sorry, Rutgers, but like everybody went to Rutgers because <laughs> it was close, you know, a known school close to home. <laughs> sure. Um, and that's like you can be successful, but keep our culture so you can't leave this area. Um, and it's a very real thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think that was his grandmother though. Quite honestly, but I think there. But maybe that's part of it. But you know? it could be maybe like, oh, just... he's going to lose his language. I think at some point she was talking about how like he speaks so well and he's going to forget how to speak it. Well, it's yeah. funny because didn't she say he spoke it better than her own daughter? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is very common, actually. Yeah. Um, my husband speaks terrible Korean. <laughs> <laughs> terrible Korean because he speaks better Spanish than he does Korean. Mm. He, he's first generation, and in his own words, it's because he cared more about speaking Spanish. Well, yeah, than that's he did what you're surrounded with. Korean. Like that's what and, you're and he's learn. trying to. Yeah, and he, and he was trying to. You know, he he was like very focused as a kid on being Americanized and being a part of the LA community mm-hmm. and yeah that was more important to him so um, if you guys have kids are they going to be like learning Korean are you going to learn Korean I have I, I know the alphabet <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well that's that's a start right <laughs> yep. I can phonetically spell out things <laughs> yeah I mean my niece uh, my sister's baby is going to for sure know more Korean than Emily and Anna do um, mm-hmm. and like my mom's harping on me, like you gotta teach them Korean so we can talk to them. And I'm like, 
but who are they only going to practice with? Just me? Like, I, if I need to yell at them and say something important, I got to say it in English. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to say it in Korean. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, they know a few words and, you know, they know how to say hello and things like that. So, and they clearly know how to say certain foods because <laughs> that's the important thing. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there, there could be that fear of like losing your culture for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this can go hand in hand. Like, if you were a parent, like, do you see yourself enrolling your child at Crystal Academy? And would even would this school even uh, succeed? No, this this, this school isn't real. <laughs> this school isn't real. Uh, if if I were to like like pare back this question, do I see myself possibly enrolling a kid I have in a gifted school? Um, yeah, I do. I, you know, uh, I went to a cohort gifted school when I was younger. Um, it was it was public. Um, I did not have to do some weird test. Like I did not have to. I did an IQ test, obviously, um, but I did not have to like do some weird like project to prove that I had some sort of unique specialty. Um, but I thought that it was. I think in general, my. The experience I had is that 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 school helped me develop in ways that my other school didn't. So if I had a kid that needed it like I did, then, yeah, I could see myself enrolling my kid in that sort of program. Now, would I be upset if my kid didn't need a program like that? No, no. Like, I think it's all based on, like, what does your kid need and what's best for what's best for your child you know but that being said if something like crystal academy like literally crystal academy showed up no that place is insane (laughs) (laughs) insane structure um yeah you're pitting people against each other you're literally pitting children against each Mm -hmm. other and their talents against each other and i just think that's like irreprehensible Right in in real life, but in real life, yeah. Yeah, In a book, it's very good drama. It's great drama, (laughs) fantastic drama. In in real life, I would be angry about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess I'm kind of with Tara. Like, maybe. Like, I I was in. I guess I started going to like a an actual public school in fourth grade, and so then yeah, I tested into whatever that gifted program was, where they like pulled you out once a week or whatever and did stuff i always thought it was kind of boring honestly um (laughs) but then you know going into middle school and high school and then like in high school doing ap and all of that stuff i mean the one good thing for it was i started college with a lot of credits Mm -hmm. so i didn't have to take a lot of the gin ed stuff for my liberal arts degree Mm -hmm. so i mean that was nice but (laughs) i didn't have to go to a special school for it yeah right yeah, um, I you know I wouldn't even like consider trying to enroll the girls in a school like that because like I don't want to deal with the parents. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. just I that don't. Is valid. <laughs> I do not want to be around these type of people. It is not good, you know. Um, the the fact that they go to lengths of paying prof- other professionals to amp up their child's like worth. I guess, you know, um, being sneaky and stealing other people's work, making it like trying to chum up the principal, making it look like something else. And it's like, that's, I can't, I can't. Who has the time? (laughs) 
I can't. That's a lot of energy. <laughs> yes. It, it's energy I don't have. Like, Rose is like a full-time PhD research neuroscientist. Yeah. How do you huh. find the time? I work full-time. She barely does. That's part of the yeah, point. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. I am struggling right now to like, just stay average. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like, I don't have that kind of time. I want my free time to be spent relaxing and, you know, winding down. I'm not, I don't want to be stressed about school, you know? So I I wouldn't even like try for the enrollment process (laughs) at all. (laughs) So, and I just, I wouldn't send my kids there. It's not great. I I mean, especially when you hear the part about like the list that, that Emma's made. I mean, that's a kid thing, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, no, like, if it's I, not that, it's something else. No, Do you know what I mean? but it needs to be nipped in the bud. Is Oh, for sure. Oh, no, yeah. it's like, terrible. And if you're a parent, you've got to, like, do what um, Samantha did. I really like Samantha, by yeah. the way. I mean, you're not supposed to. I'm not sure if you're supposed to, but, like. I like, not like. I, I, yeah. I found her very, like. I don't know, very interesting as a yeah. person. I don't know yeah. if I liked her, but like mm-hmm. I found her wildly interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good um, way to put it. Like honestly, her and Kevin, their dynamic, like I would have so liked getting some point of views from them. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I would love Kevin's point of view because Beck yeah. it was just so, I just want, also Kevin ended up doing so many crazy things. Yes, right? yes. I would have loved to have seen that like mental process. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? And how did you keep it from Samantha for so long? And how did you like sit there in bed and literally lie yep. to Emma Z? You yeah, know, for something her. so important. You, you got know? a 145. No. That's <laughs> it li- like, how can you do that to a kid? I, I would right. have loved to see that that perspective. Uh, yep. But but Samantha, like the way she's just like, all right, we've got to we've got to put these little <laughs> these little bees in line. Let's go. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like I like that part. That part I genuinely left. I was like, yes. Do that work. Like, don't just be like, oh, they're being kids. They're being girls. It's like, no, no, no. no. You've got to. No, no, right, no. we got to do this. They don't yeah. know any better. So now you can teach them. And that's like what it, they were doing, which is like, yeah, I'm glad they did that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, none of us would necessarily enroll our kid into a school of Crystal Academy. <laughs> would you have actively wanted it out? So would you have supported Alpaca? Which is the group that like rejected? I mean, again, can the we can we like pull this back? Because like Crystal <laughs> Cammy just wouldn't exist, right? I just I I feel like well, Crystal Cammy yeah. just would not exist in real life. A school quite like that. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's over the top for the book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if I again like the energy. Would I have the energy to expel on actively working against <laughs> right. it? I don't know. Right. I think that's also true. Like I've got better things to do than sit on a forum and yell with other parents about how upset I am about a school. You know, I don't. I don't know. I. It, I guess it. It really. I guess it really depends. I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, so they said Crystal Academy was a public school. Yeah. Um. Which then I I don't know. I may because it's like then you're pulling yeah. school f- education funds to That's fund true. this school. Tax dollars. That that money can go to my child's school. 
Like we don't need another magnet. We don't need another like exclusionary kind of school if it's going to be a public school. That money yeah, can go to other that's schools. That's valid. To help yeah. the gifted children there in their own school type of program, you know? So, because I think the schools they were going to were private because like they were paying, tu- they're talking about tuition with Beck and the twins. Some of them are going to private yes. I feel like only Beck's kids went to a private okay. school. I I'm not sure remember. about Xander. I know it was like some sort of specialty school, but I don't yeah. think it was private. Okay. I, I don't, it, it was hard for me to keep track yeah. of all that because like yeah. once this, once Crystal Kemi got announced, everybody was just like, yeah, hyper focused in. So <laughs> right. it, was, it was hard for me to keep track, and it's been a now, couple weeks. I so. did find it funny that Beck wasn't more on board with Crystal Academy just for the fact that he could stop paying tuition at the crazy <laughs> expensive school. Oh, that's true. Yes. Like, considering he had no money, yeah, no, that's right? like a good why point. wouldn't he force Adrian into Crystal Academy? It would, it would certainly help matters. Yeah, right. Aiden, a- yeah. Aiden and Charlie. Oh, Aiden, sorry, right? Aiden. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 What an, what an, okay, what an idiot. Like, <laughs> you're struggling for money. You can save thousands of dollars on tuition a month already and have some money in your bank. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, on that note, <laughs> I mean, did you li- like like it? Um, would, would it would, is it something you would recommend to other people? Like, I've already recommended it a couple of times. It was a fun read. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we said, it's got a lot of drama. It was pretty page turnery once you got into it. Mm-hmm. So I think if someone was looking for something like this, I would recommend it. Right. Um, I haven't read a lot of books like this. Um, what did someone say? It was like Pretty Little Lies or like some of these other books that I've right, heard yeah, of. Yeah, like Leah read. Moriarty. Like, um, Little Fires yeah, and that sort of thing. Lies, it was very yeah. much in that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think, did someone say it's getting made into like a show or I got something? optioned at least. <laughs> oh, optioned. Okay. I mean, it would make, it, I'm sure it would make a great little mini series mm-hmm. drama, whatever. It totally thing. would. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at it. We have a lot of feelings about <laughs> <Yes>. this. Um, <sighs> yep. Not my cup of tea book. I mentioned that, right? Yes. Like not my cup of tea book, but it was really fun and interesting. Like, like Marina said, once you get into it, the writing is really fantastic. Like the writing's really fantastic. It's something we didn't have a chance to talk about, but I thought was really interesting was that like every kid has a different type of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Oh yep. yeah, that's true. And 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 seeing the different types of intelligence and how the parents viewed that separately from how the kids actually were like that was a very interesting study in and of itself. I, when it comes to like the things that I was like, ooh, interesting. That that always that was always really cool to me. I would I recommend it. I don't get asked for recommendations for these types of books very often because it's not what people know me for. Sure, they're not coming to you for this. <laughs> they're they're not like, hey, yeah. But if I knew somebody who was like, hey, you know, I, I'm looking for, especially teachers. I think I'd recommend this to my teacher friends all day long because just seeing the reaction from my other teacher friends about how much they loved and identified with this book was so fun listening to them was so fun i wish we could have had jeanette (laughs) on this episode because she she's one of them obviously she's a teacher um but it's her off month uh so i I just thought like it it, that was really fun so i I, yeah for the right person i definitely recommend it Mm -hmm. right yeah so it's fun i'm glad we were we read it because Sometimes we just need I would not have read it fun. otherwise. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And that's the point of eclectic readers. Sure is. And speaking of eclectic, <laughs> we are going in the very different direction for next month. 
Uh, it will be The Forest of Enchantments by Chitra Banerjee Divajaruni. Um, it is a retelling of an Indian mythology. So I am excited to sink my teeth into that. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Should be really interesting. Yep. Uh, so if you want to check out our show notes, you can go to eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 85 to find any links. And you can find the podcast on social media at Goodreads, Litzy, and Instagram at Eclectic Readers and Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. And where can our listeners find you, ladies? Listeners can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, Litzy at Rudy Kaicho, R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Tara? You can find me on Goodreads and Twitter at my name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. What about you, Mayor? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads at Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. Please subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other listeners can find us. And let's shelve this until next month. Bye. 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 Bye.